An early look at the fifth-year player options for the first-rounders of the 2021 draft. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Thursday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody is having a fantastic start to their Thursday. We've got another fun one in store for you here today on the show. An early look, an early preview at the fifth-year player option decisions um, for the 2021 NFL Draft Class. An early sneak preview because after the end of the 2023-2024 regular season, the 2021 draft class first rounders are up for their fifth-year options to be either uh, accepted or declined. And so we're going to take an early look about how teams might already feel about these fifth-year player options going into the season, what players maybe need to prove a little bit more, what players are on a already good track to get their options picked up, and which players are, I think, slam dunk. Uh, The teams would pick them up right now uh, if they could, uh, if that was allowed. So we have all of that for you here today on the show. But before we start diving into the specifics on the 2021 NFL Draft uh, class, the fifth-year options, I wanted to share with everybody the the context and some historical context to this. And so I looked at the last two seasons. I don't want to go too far back, but I went through the last two seasons. And here's what has occurred over the last two seasons to give us a base of what maybe we can expect when we do this thought exercise. So last year in 2020, uh, the 20, this past offseason, the 2020 first rounders were the class that was up. 12 had their fifth-year options picked up. That works out to 37.5%. 15 had their options declined. That's 46.88%. One was extended, that being Jordan Love, 3.13%. And four were waived, retired. They went into the bucket of they weren't on the team to be able to have the the option picked up or declined, uh, 12.5%. In 2019, the year before that, we had 19 first-rounders have their options picked up, 59.4%. Nine were declined, 28.13%. 28.13%. Five were extended, 15.63%. And again, another four in that waived retired bucket at 12.5%. So a kind of mixed bag when you just look at the last two seasons of what this has looked like, where you had the over, the, the majority or the, plural, the plurality in 2020 being a decline, 46.8%. But then it was a majority in 2019 when 59.4% got their options picked up. And if you throw in the five that were extended, that's 24 players from the 2019 draft class that stayed with the team that they were currently on, whether having by by way of having their option picked up or having a contract extension. So kind of a mixed bag over the two seasons of what was the prevailing um, conclusion, whether the options were picked up or not. So we take all of that information, all that context of what it was over the last two seasons, and we go in to looking at this through the lens of the 2021 NFL Draft. And I will tell you, I created a bit of a formula for us here on the show today. I have all 32 picks listed, 1 through 32, on my on my Google Doc here. And I have highlighted in green the players that I think right now, as we sit here on June 22nd, are slam dunk, no doubt, absolutely 100% the team would pick up the fifth-year option. It, there's, there's nothing that the player needs to prove in 2023. They are going to have their option picked up. Then we have the the next tier, which is, I think, a player that is on track to have their option 
picked up for 2023, and I have those players classified with a yellow highlighter. Then we get into the orange highlight, which is a player that I don't think their their um, fifth year option is going to be outright rejected right now, but they're on a path for it to be outright rejected. So they have work to do in order to have the fifth year option picked up. And then we have the tier, which is the red highlight of their fifth year option is not going to be picked up in any capacity. And I will tell you that there are, as of this moment, you guys know what we do here. We're going to go through the list and then we're going to have the debate. I have three players that fall into that tier. So three players right now, I think as of this moment are slam dunk. They're not going to have their fifth year options picked up. I think everybody else is either getting their option picked up or you can make a case for their option to be picked up uh, here at some point. So if you guys are ready, and the podcast audience I know is ready because they're listening to this on demand. The YouTube audience, I'm speaking to you on this one. If you're ready, then we can go ahead and get this started. And we can start with the easiest thing of all time, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, uh, here with the number one overall pick. Uh, this one's highlighted in green. Uh, the fifth-year option for Trevor Lawrence is absolutely going to be picked up at the end of the 2023 season. Trevor Lawrence is a franchise quarterback that the Jacksonville Jaguars are building around. Um, it feels pretty obvious to me that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be picking up the fifth-year option for Trevor Lawrence. If anybody would like to sidebar the show and have a complete separate conversation um, about convincing me otherwise, please go ahead. But I do not think um, that is going to... I don't think we're going to have to have that conversation. Bailey off the top rope already today, a franchise quarterback that is only slightly better than Jared Goff. We're not doing this. We're not doing this, Bailey. We are not sidebarring the show in that regard. But the fifth-year option uh, for Trevor Lawrence, absolutely going to get picked up. We've got the New York Jets at number two with Zach Wilson. I have this one in red. Uh, I do not see a scenario where the Jets are going to pick up the fifth-year option uh, for Zach Wilson. Uh, last year, the fifth-year option for this, up, for this last class, um, the basic tag, which is what, um, which is what I think Zach would fall into. He would either fall into the basic or the playtime. Um, and he might get to playtime, but he's been injured a bunch. I don't know if he would get there. I'd have to run the math. But just the basic would be $20.2 million. That's what it was last year. Um, and the playtime was $23.1 million. The Jets are not going to pick up a fifth-year option to pay a backup quarterback $20-plus million when they have Aaron Rodgers uh, on the books. So I, I know there's been a lot of talk about Zach Wilson's future being very bright in New York. Um, it's just certainly not going to be with the, with the fifth-year option being picked up. Uh, by the New York Jets. So I think they decline that one. So I do not think they pick up a $20 million plus option on Zach Wilson. At number three, you've got San Francisco's quarterback, Trey Lance. And I have this one highlighted in orange. And for those following along, the key uh, with orange is I think they're on the track for their option to be declined. And this would be a tough pill to swallow for the San Francisco 49ers because of how much the investment was into Trey Lance. But at some point, you have to not fall into the sunk cost fallacy here and make this problem worse. Because if Brock Purdy can come back here in 2023, and right now there's a lot of talk of him potentially starting week one. I'll believe it when I see it, but there's a lot of talk of him being able to come back maybe a little bit earlier than people think. If Brock Purdy comes back in 2023 and plays to a similar level than he did in 2022 when he was able to lead the 49ers on that great success in the regular season, was able to get them to where they, um, where they got to in the postseason. If Brock Purdy comes back and plays close to that level, I don't know how you don't just reset your money at the quarterback position and not pay Trey Lance and move on from him. Now, maybe you pick up the option and trade him if you can find somebody that is um, willing to make that trade. I just think that would be a massive, massive risk on San Francisco part unless they know they have a dance partner. And so for me, this is a lean towards a no 
Um, now, if Trey Lance plays a, a good portion of the season and plays really well, this can probably very quickly slide into the yellow, into the green. But as we sit here right now, I think Brock Purdy is going to be the starter for a decent chunk of the season based on all the reports that we've had. So I, I think they just move on here. Bailey says, orange, red. I'm not convinced he's going to play this year at all. If you believe the report, he is their third choice. Yeah. And if, and if he is their third choice, if you believe those reports, then this needs to be, um, you know, an orange tag for the moment. And it could potentially even be a red. Okay. I'm going to do this next, this next tier in chunk picks four through 10. So tight end Kyle Pitts for the Falcons, wide receiver Jamar Chase for the Bengals, wide receiver Jalen Waddle for the Dolphins, Penny Sewell for the Lions, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan for the Panthers and Broncos, respectively, and Devonta Smith for the Philadelphia Eagles. Four through ten, we all have them highlighted in the brightest green color that Google Docs will allow me to highlight in where I can still see the text behind it. That is how highlighted green those next picks are, four through ten and that their teams are going to pick up the fifth-year option for those players. Um, I will hear anybody if they want to have a conversation about any of them, but these are slam dunks, and I, I want to spend time on the ones that I think are close and we can have debates on. These are these are obvious. I don't think there's a scenario where these teams are going to decline the fifth-year option for any of these players. You, you've got three of the top young wide receivers in the game in Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and Devonta Smith. You have two of the best young corners in the game in Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn. You have a unicorn at the position that he plays in Kyle Pitts, and Penny Sewell's a pretty decent offensive lineman uh, at worst. So that four through 10, we're picking up the fifth-year options. There's nothing that those players need to do in 2023 to earn their fifth-year option. They've done it so far throughout the starts of their career, um, and I think some of these players are going to fall into the extension bucket when it comes to next season. Anyway, Jamar Chase probably being at the top of that list. So if everyone's good with that, we're going to continue to move on. Justin Fields, number 11. Bailey, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance for what I'm going to say here. But just know, I have the best of intentions. I have Justin Fields tagged as a yellow marking right now, which is on a path to get his option picked up, but not somebody I would put in the slam dunk bucket. And 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 I think... If he's healthy for an entire season and continues to do what he's done over the past two years of his career, then I think this is going to end up being a green slam dunk, no doubt. But I am hedging here a little bit by putting the yellow tag on him of him not playing as well, this being a new regime in there, and if he doesn't play well, they might try to move on from him at the end of the season. So I'm not I'm not going orange, I'm not going red, I'm going yellow because I think he is on a, a path I do think he needs to do a little bit more this season, but I am kind of hedging against the idea that if he doesn't play well, the Bears might choose to move on from him, and so that's why I have him with the yellow tag. But again, I think he's currently on a pace to get there. Um, Bailey says, makes sense. They have many pivots if he doesn't improve. I do believe in him, but they certainly have outs if they aren't 100% convinced. And Bailey, if this was the regime that drafted him in the first place, he would be a green tag for me. But because it's a different regime than the one that drafted him, and because I, I think we all agree that there needs to be more growth out of Justin Fields, I want to leave the out. Um, and again, I think I would pick up the fifth-year option if I had the, if the information that we have right now I had to make a decision on. I would pick it up, but I'm kind of hedging against the idea that they might move on from him. And so that's the only reason why it's a yellow. Again, it's yellow, but it would more than likely be a green. I never considered the orange or the red tag for him. Uh, Eugene says, what do we say about Kyle Pitts? He was a green, um, and it, so he was a lock. Uh, Bailey says it, it, it isn't hundred percent, so it can't be green. All the others so far have been. Okay. I, I appreciate you understanding the logic, Bailey. I didn't want to cause too much drama there again. Cause I, I, I'm not, it's not like I'm anti Justin Fields. I'm just not a, as big of a believer as other people are in this juncture, but I think he's on a very good path. Uh, the next three, 
The next three are all green. They're all locks. Micah Parsons for the Cowboys, Rashawn Slater for the Chargers, and Elijah Vera Tucker for the New York Jets. Um, those are the next three for me here, 13, 12, 13, and 14, and they're all green. Um, I think they are, Micah Parsons is a slam dunk. Rashawn Slater is a slam dunk. Maybe people might want to push back on Elijah Vera Tucker, but he's the Jets' best offensive lineman when he's healthy, and he's shown an ability to play four of the five spots along the offensive line. And so the Jets are going to pick that up, especially because they're more than likely not going to be picking up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option. So they're going to have some excess excess cash, and so that can go toward Elijah Vera Tucker picking him up because he is their best offensive lineman. So that's 12 through 14. The next two are going to, I think, cause the most debate. So we have New England at 15 with Mac Jones, and we have Arizona at 16 with Zayvon Collins. And I tagged Mac Jones as orange as I think we are trending towards them not picking up the fifth-year option. And I think this is close. I think this is 50-50 between Mac Jones being the orange tag or being the yellow tag. I don't think he's a slam-dunk green tag, and he's certainly not a slam-dunk red tag. I think this is 50-50 on whether you want to say that he he could be there long-term or that they could cut bait with him. Last year was bad. There was a lot of drama. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. There is a lot of question marks about whether or not the New England Patriots want him as their long-term answer at quarterback. The thing that wants me to put him yellow is Bill O'Brien, and the offense is going to be better. And if he gets back to being the player that he was in his rookie season, then I think they are going to want to stick around with him. But I can't shake the -the off-the-field stuff, the arguments, the discontent that there has been at times between maybe Mac Jones and the offensive staff and Mac Jones and Bill Belichick last year, that concerns me a little bit. And so I put him yellow because I think that's the path we're currently on, and Mac needs to kind of showcase that he isn't the player that he was last year. Um, Ben Stringer says, the only problem with AVT is paying to uh, tackle 50-year price. Still would pick up the option, though. I mean, all offensive linemen are grouped together for the 50-year tag, but I think the Jets view Elijah Vera Tucker as their best offensive lineman, so I would pick up the the option and work out a long-term deal down the road. Uh, Bailey says, I think Mac Jones' play deserves yellow, but the the behind-the-scenes rumbling of discontent makes me lean orange. That's the problem I have here, and so I leaned orange. Um, And Zayvon Collins is an orange. Um, This could probably be a red, but I think two things are potentially working in Zayvon Collins' favor for him to be um, into the orange tier. New coaching staff that I think might be able to get the most out of him. Um, and so he's a player that absolutely needs to prove something in 2023. And I wonder, different different, owner, uh, different GM, different coach, they were not here for this, but I wonder if Michael Bidwell remembers exactly what happened because they are about to repeat the Hassan Reddick thing all over again. And so if Zayvon Collins goes out and has a really good year this year, I wonder if they pick up the fifth-year option to give themselves a longer runway of evaluating Zayvon Collins in this Jonathan Gannon system. And so that's the only thing, because they didn't pick up the fifth-year option for Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick balled out in his last year, the fourth year of his rookie deal, and then has gone on to be great when he was in Carolina, and he's one of the best pass rushers in all of football with what he's done with Philly. And I wonder if in the back of Michael Bidwell's mind that that, that thought permeates a little bit, and he thinks about that. Now again, Monty Austin Fort and Jonathan Gannon were not here for that, but I'm sure they're going to be aware of the context around that situation. So I have him as a lean orange, and that's really the only way that I can get to uh, him being... Uh, at that point. I just don't know if Gannon values linebacker enough to give the the, the okay on the tag. Well, I think they're going to use Zayvon more as a... We'll see. But I think they're going to utilize him more as a pass rusher than more of a true linebacker. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how they ultimately utilize him. Um, 
Alex Otherwood gets a red tag. I mean, he's he, there, there is no fifth-year option for him because he was cut by the Raiders, and then the Bears picked him up, so it, we, nothing we can do there. Uh, we've got Miami with uh, Jalen Phillips at 18. I have that as a green tag. Um, I think that's a slam dunk. I'm a huge Jalen Phillips fan. I think everybody on this show knows how much of a believer in Jalen Phillips I am, and that's you know tough for me to say as a Jets fan, but I love watching Jalen Phillips play football. I think it's no doubt that they're going to pick up this fifth-year option. I think he's their long-term answer uh, at pass rush. Uh, Jamin Davis at 19 is interesting. I have this as a lean yellow. I thought he played well last year. I thought he was much improved over his rookie season. And so if he continues on that trajectory, he'll probably have his option picked up. But again, it's a, it's a linebacker tag. And so let's look at this. Um, Isaiah Simmons last year got the playtime tag, which I, I'm pretty sure Jamin Davis would fall into unless he made a Pro Bowl this year. And that was 12.72 for last year. And so that's a hefty price for a guy. But if he plays better this year, that'll be two seasons of play where you feel pretty good about Jamin Davis. And so I think they'll pick up the fifth-year option for him at 19. So I, I, I'm going yellow with Jamin Davis for right now. Kadarius Tony at number 20. This might be one that surprised some people. I have orange for the moment here. Um, They've got Sky Moore. They've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They've got Rasheed Rice. Are you really going to pick up a fifth-year player option, which for him, ba- the basic last year for wide receivers was $12.98 million. The playtime was $14.12. So somewhere in the 13 to $15 million range. And these are the numbers from last year. It, they change every year based on the, um, the, the way the dollars are all- allocated. It's based on the average of the highest salaries at the position over the past five years. And so this year's salaries will then get added to the, to the number. So the numbers are going to be a little different next year. But I'm just using last year's as a frame of reference. I don't know. I don't know if I would pick up. I know they traded for him, and I know he played well for them last year in 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 what they in what they in what they were able to accomplish in going to the Super Bowl, right? In the role that they had him in. But they've got Rasheed Rice, who they drafted. They've got Sky Moore, who's probably going to take a jump this year. They've got Marquez Valdez Scantling. They've got Travis Kelsey. I mean, they've got a pretty decent wide receiver room, pass catching option. So I had I had orange for this, and I know that's going to be a shock considering what they gave up to 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 get him. They gave him what a third that then the Giants turn around and used to get Darren Waller, but I lean orange on this one. Um, Bailey says, I think the Chiefs think they can piece together the, the wide receiver core around Mahomes as long as they keep him upright with an elite offensive line. Uh, makes me lean orange, also injuries. Yeah, I think that's the approach they're going to take. As long as they have Mahomes, and really as long as they have Travis Kelsey, I think they're going to be able to believe that they can piecemeal the wide receiver core together with other guys that are willing to come in on a lesser salary to play with Patrick Mahomes and have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And so their investment dollars are going to go elsewhere. They're probably going to go in the offensive line. They're going to go in bolstering that defense. That's the way it's going to it's going to work. So I have a lean orange for, for, for Kadarius Tony right now. Heldy, this one's for you. We got the Indianapolis Colts. We got Quiddy Pay. I got this one in green. I think this is a slam dunk. Um, he's probably their best pass rusher. Uh, they need to, they they need to, to have him in the, in the in the building. So I have this one as a green. Um, maybe this should be a yellow, but I think this is a slam dunk, no doubter. Uh, Heldy says, "I say Colts pick up Quiddies. They can't afford to lose their only good edge rusher. But if he has a bad year, then it heads towards orange." Yeah, I have it green for right now. Uh, maybe it should be yellow, but that's that's where I have it. Um, Bailey says, I think it's yellow for Quiddy. Okay, so we, this is the first time that you guys have fully disagreed with a choice that I've made in terms of a, of a color. I, I can I can flip this to yellow. I, I can understand that argument. So I'll, I'll move it to yellow. I, I think it's close enough to where I, I think you're splitting hairs. Uh, Caleb Farley for Tennessee, I think this is a red. We just don't have a big enough sample size. And this was the risk. This was the risk that we all felt when Tennessee made the pick going into that draft class, right? It was, man, Caleb Farley, an impressive talent. You love that tape. 
That one good year that he had where he was just electric, you love the tape, but man, this injury profile is really bad. And if you're able to get him healthy, you're going to get a good player, but we worry about the injuries. And the injuries have kind of derailed Caleb Farley. And so I think this is a red. I don't think you can pick up the fifth year option and the basic would be $11.5 million. I don't think you can, I don't think you could pick that up for $11.5 million. Um, I think you could very easily find a better corner if you need to replace Caleb Farley on the depth chart for $11.5 million or whatever it'll be next year. So that's a red for me. And I don't, I don't, I think it's a slam dunk uh, red. Uh, Minnesota Christian Derisaw, um, that's a, this is a slam dunk green. Um, this is slam dunk, no doubt. No questions asked. The next two, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, a pair of running backs, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I have these yellow. And the only reason why they're yellow is because I'm kind of hedging against the idea of do you pick up a fifth-year option for a running back and pay him what that number will look like? Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's last year was $5.46 million. So this is a lean yellow. They're probably both green, if I'm being truly honest, but I kind of want to hedge a little bit. Um, and so I have them both as yellow, but if the chat really wants me to move them to, to, to green, I can definitely do that. I don't, I don't feel strongly one way or the other. Um, but I think they're both on a path to get it, to get them picked up. I just don't know if there is a slam dunk as the other players that we've talked about, right? Are they a slam dunk as you know, Patrick Sertan, JC Horn, Penny Sewell, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, uh, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence. Like, do, do I, do we feel as convicted in those? be, you know, as those players in a slam dunk cases as they were with Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I mean, I know Etienne had a great year last year. Um, and so that's probably a green, but I have them both as yellow just because of the position. And I, I feel okay with that. Uh, we've got Greg Newsom for Cleveland at 26. I think this is a slam dunk. I have this as a green. Um, he, you know, he's, he's one of their better corners, if not their best corner in that room. And they need him to, to be the, the stalwart of that defense. So I have him as uh, a green. Um, 27 and 28, we've got Baltimore with Rashad Bateman, and we've got New Orleans with Peyton Turner. I have these both as orange right now. Uh, I'm leaning towards no. With Bateman, it's the injuries, and he just can't be on the field. And if Zay Flowers continues to develop the way that they think he can, then they've got themselves a true wide receiver one. They've got Mark Andrews in that room as well. I'm sure they can probably piecemeal the rest of that room. Um, they could potentially just bring Odell Beckham Jr. back if he has a good season, or they could just go out on the market and find another wide receiver. So I know they're a team that is pressed for wide receiver help, but right now how I would evaluate this is Bateman has a lot of work to do to get this fifth-year option picked up. And so if that is the parameters that we're setting, that he has work to do in order for it to get picked up, we got to put it in the orange bucket. And I've got the same for Peyton Turner. Um, I think the Saints are probably not at... They're not at liberty to kind of give up on pass rush depth at this point. But Ben says it in the chat. Turner's going to have to have a huge season to get it picked up with the cap situation. It's been a while since we've talked about it here on the show and what the Saints do with the cap, but it's probably worth mentioning. They're going to have to move players around and do the thing that they do every year with restructuring deals. Um, the number four edge defensive end for basic was 12.14 last year. And 13.2 for playtime. I think Turner would fall into the playtime bucket. I don't have the exact uh, snap counts in front of me. 13.2 million for a guy that if you don't really truly believe in him, is a lot of money for a team that's got the cap implications that the Saints do. And so he's going to need a good season. So that's a lean towards a nail. I've got the next three guys as yellow. The next three guys as yellow. Eric Stokes, Gregory Rousseau, Odafe Owe. We've all got yellow. We're leaning towards picking him up, but I'm hedging a little bit. 
Janelle says Stokes need to prove it uh, needs to prove he didn't lose a step with the Liz Frank injury. He also didn't play well before the injury. This is a prove it year. I would put him orange. And then Heldy says uh, Odafe Owe is orange to me. Rousseau can be green for me, honestly. Okay. So we we we've kind of we've kind of we've got another vote for green for Gregory Rousseau. Okay, I was hedging a little bit. Rousseau is green. Okay, I was hedging. I was hedging. We can make him a slam dunk. I I wasn't sure. He didn't he didn't you know totally fall into that category. But okay, we want to we've got another vote for Rousseau green. Okay, we'll make the change. So we're leaning orange for both Odafe and Stokes. All right, let's throw let's throw the last player in here. I got Joe Tryon Trianka. I've got him as an orange for Tampa Bay. Do do we agree with that? And then we can we can double back and work on Stokes and, and Owe, who you guys both want to to make orange. Let me look at the depth chart for Baltimore here, because I think that's gonna that's gonna make me convince myself of this for Baltimore. So I'm pulling up the depth chart. Give me a second here. Baltimore, they're in the AFC North. That's great. So look at this group. We've got David Ajabo. So if Ajabo has a good year. I think I think I can get here with Owe because I, if Ojabo plays well, then they might they might be okay with moving on from him. So Owe will go to Orange, and I mean we have a Packers fan saying we should move Orange for for Stokes. So I'll do that. Price tag will be rich for what Owe brings. Yes, it will be. He's classified as a DN, so it'll be it was twelve point one for basic, thirteen point two for playtime last year. So it'll be somewhere in that range, maybe a little bit more. Um, and then for Stokes. Let me just get the. Let me just continue to look at this. Um, Stokes for corner would be eleven point five for playtime and twelve point. Uh, sorry, eleven point five for basic and twelve point three for playtime. And then we want to make Shroyanka a yellow. Okay, I can. I can. I, I, you can convince me. I'm not. I was not steadfast in any of these players at the back of this list. He does have a great opportunity, and and, and if we want to, if we want to give a, a nice pathway. Um, if you want to give some credit to that, we can definitely do that. So, okay. So we have now, let me just do some math here. Ja, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We have 15 locks for being picked up. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, six leans. So six yellows. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got eight leans towards decline. And we've got three outright decline. And I didn't think we were going to disagree on the three outright decline. So remember, in 2020, it was 12 got picked up, 15 were declined, one were, one was extended, four were waived. So if you add the extended into the picked up, 13 stayed with their original team, 15 were declined, I guess, 13 got their options picked up in some capacity and stayed with the team that currently had them. And then 15 were declined. And then in 2019, 19 plus 5 is 24. And then we've got 9 declined. And so we have 15 plus 6. We've got 21 potentially getting picked up. And we have 11 getting declined. Uh, Tate says, I miss Zayvon Collins. Where was he? We had Zayvon Collins as an orange. So a lean towards not having his option picked up. That's where we have him going into the 2023 season. Um, the, the scenario that I can kind of envision is if they don't want to repeat the Hassan Reddick situation or if Zayvon plays well this year under this Gannon system and they want to give themselves a little bit of a longer runway to evaluate him. Because um, I think what they don't want to do is they don't want to find themselves in a scenario where this year's kind of a 
building block year for Zavin under a new defense and plays okay, and then they don't pick up the fifth-year option because he just plays okay, and then in the last year of his deal, he just pulls a Hassan Reddick and plays really well, and then they once again look foolish for not picking up the fifth-year option. So I have it as a lean orange, but I can find I can make a case for where they would pick it up, and so that's why it's not a hard and fast uh, red. So there you have it, guys. The uh, 2021 NFL Draft fifth-year player options show um, in the books. Not a ton of disagreement. I thought you guys would enjoy this show. Thought you guys would enjoy this this conversation and the contextual data behind it of what the last couple of years have looked like and what these players need to do. What a great class, by the way. I think is what I've learned from this with how many players that we had slam dunk cases for. Um, this class is, has really impressed over the first couple of years of their career. Tate says would be wild if they miss out on Reddick, Simmons, and Collins' best years. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's probably in the back of some m- members of the upper echelon of the Cardinals brass minds. Um, you know, Monty Allison, Fort, and Jonathan Gannon weren't here. Uh, for for the Reddick situation, but Michael Bidwell was, and I'm certainly um, conscious of the idea of him thinking about it um, and not wanting to repeat that mistake and maybe um, bringing that up in conversations with Monty Asifort and Jonathan Gannon. Uh, so there you have it, this show in the books. We've got one more show for you this week uh, here on the TDN Daily Show here on YouTube and in the podcast feed. Uh, we've got our power rankings, our first power rankings for the 2023 season. I've already crunched some of the numbers. Um, all of the positional rankings uh, numbers have been imported into the spreadsheet and the math has been run and I have put together the one through 32 just solely based on teams average positional ranking grade one through 32. So the team that had the best average was up at one team with the worst average all the way down at 32. The tiebreaker if teams had the same number was who had the better quarterback room going into the 2023 season. And so we've got that list one through 32. I'm going to make some tweaks for my own personal list. We're going to present both both lists on the show tomorrow and have a great conversation about it. So we hope that you come back and see us again tomorrow. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, helps us out a ton, helps us continue to grow this show. And we are seeing in spades the growth of this show and the growth of this community a week in and week out. And it's all thanks to you being a part of the show, sharing the show, uh, and having a, a good time with us here on a daily basis. You can catch us live Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube side of things, the Draft Network YouTube channel. We go live over there. You get to be a part of the show. You see me shout out all the people in the chat here with their comments driving the show along. And so you can be a part of that conversation as well. You can also catch the show on demand if you can't join us live. I know a lot of people love to catch the video version afterwards. Just click the live tab on the Draft Network YouTube channel and you'll be able to see, to see us there as well. But I appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day. Hope everybody has a great rest of the Thursday. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.